2: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of TheLeveragists.com and Divisio.com. That's D-U-V-I-S-I-O.com, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. I'm sure Jack will be back in just a moment. While he's getting back here, though, I'm going to introduce our guest. She is Lucy McConigo. I met Lucy recently at the retreat for the Evolutionary Business Council. And, Lucy, I don't have your bio handy, so I'm going to let you do the honors of telling everybody a little bit more about who you are and what you're all about in your business.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Gina. I really appreciate you. So I'm Lucy McMonagle, and I'm known as the lady that brings miracles and magic to women entrepreneurs that are ready to really make a breakthrough in their life and in their business. I also have the Wealthy Wednesday Show, and I am an author of uh, several different co-books in my upcoming book, magical money manifestations will be out later this spring
2: oh that's exciting i think i've got jack back jack are you here
0: i'm back i don't know what happened the internet hates
2: yay me. so i will let you take over from here mr jack
1: all right hi lucy <laughs> hi how are you jack
0: all right, fellow podcaster, I was uh, brushing up on my Lucy facts and was ready to go, and then it just knocked me off, so I guess, uh, I hope your shows go a lot more smoothly than that just did.
2: <laughs>
1: um, uh, my, my shows have, my shows have a few glitches here and there, but fortunately, um, they've been recoverable.
0: <laughs> yes, so, we'll start you out like we start everybody every week, and that is what gets you out of bed right now. We've heard a little bit about you, but what about today? What got you out of bed this morning with a fire burning in your belly to attack the day?
1: The the thing that got me out of bed this morning was knowing that I am making a difference in individuals' lives and I get to be on your show so that I can give tips and strategies and and hopefully have somebody make an epiphany that will have a total change in their life and in their business.
0: Well, I'm hoping that too. I mean that's the best we could hope for any of our shows, right?
2: <laughs> that <laughs> would be really awesome. Absolutely.
0: I will I will do the very best I can to get all that good stuff out of you today. Uh starting with um you know, sort of a thirty-thousand-foot view of of this. this. This is leverage masters. What would you say is your greatest source of leverage in your business? Or you could say, what was the most fun leverage you've ever pulled off for your business? Which one would you like to answer?
1: Oh, that's <laughs> that's a really hard one. Um, that both of them are really really good. I. I will answer the, the best leverage that I've, I currently have for my business, and that is having the proper systems for what I need.
0: Okay. What, uh, what are you talking about here? Just like automation or
1: um, yes, you know,
0: just to, uh, handling all this stuff to get things out of your way that's busy work so you can be who you are more of the time.
1: Exactly. What what I've I've set up is is I have assistants, which are important. So I I look I looked at my business. I determined what do I need to handle myself. What's the most important things that I do to give my clients the best that I can give them, and then what can I delete because it's not necessary, and then what can I Determine that I can give to somebody else to do for me, which is busy work uh, such as setting up emails or setting up my automatic responder or creating my web pages. Things that I'm not really an expert at, I can do, but I'm not an expert at. So the things that Doing those things have freed up so much time so I can truly work on helping my clients, helping individuals, and getting my message out into the world.
0: What would you say to someone who hears what you just said, knows that what you just said was really important, and has yet to do it in their business? I mean, tell, talk to them from the other side. What does it meant for you to have taken the time, and I know it wasn't easy And it wasn't fun and it wasn't something you probably would want to do every week, but you got it done. And and you're actually in a kind of an elite squad of people around the world that actually got it done, got your system set up. Because most people have some form of disarray in that area in their business. Tell people what, what it means to you to have that all taken care of so you don't have to worry about what you used to have to worry about before you had your system set up.
1: So what it means to me is that I have beautiful hair attached onto my head, for the most part. I I I don't stress about the little things anymore. I understand that even even when there's a glitch in the system, and and I have to have my immediate attention, most of the time I can get up. It's taken care of. I can look at my statements. I have income coming in. Because while I'm sleeping because I have systems in place that allow individuals to purchase self-study items. I have systems in place that allow people to get the information that they need from my website, from my blog posts, and from my show so that I'm still providing inspiration. And for me, it's freed up time, which is freedom to me. Yeah, awesome.
0: How about people leverage? What what what's uh? Do you have a story about like when you were, uh, you really knew what you were doing was a thing that was going to work that, that it was viable that before the day before you might have wondered, can I really do this? Did you ever get uh, the attention of somebody who, really helped you out and validated? And what kind of leverage was that? Did you get on someone's stage for the first time and you got in front of an audience? You didn't. You, you were dying to get in front of, or what sort of validation or boost to your business did you get with your one of your first pieces of people leverage?
1: One of the first pieces of people leverage that I received was when I started attending Speaker Venture, and Speaker Venture is about training you up to become a speaker, and just speaking with the other individuals in collaboration. And having them, some of them hired me right off the bat because they knew what I was providing was so valuable for them to have their breakthrough. And that was the leverage that I, I needed to really te- you know, grab hold of my vision.
0: Yeah, people leverage. It's a good thing. And getting out. So getting out into the world, doing some networking, doing something around, you know, in your industry, all very important things. Um, you know, yes. we hear that story quite often, you know, uh, when we ask that, when I remember to ask that question. And it's always like that, pretty much. It's, you know, people hark back to an event um, in their business early years, much like what you just recounted. And so hopefully listeners are picking up on a theme <laughs> that you guys are yes. getting that week to week when we do this, that uh, people are saying a lot of the same things. So do you still use – I mean, what what have, what of do you use on a regular basis? What gets you excited when an opportunity – and you can fill in the blank of what that opportunity is – when an opportunity pops up that gets you a little more excited than other things? Is it speaking engagements? Um, or what else in your business or, or uh, in your networking when things pop up, what do you get excited about? Because you know there's a lot of leverage in it.
1: For me, the thing that gets – me really really excited is collaboration with other entrepreneurs for joint ventures ah
0: ooh, gina's going to love you for that one <laughs>
1: yes yeah. and so, gina yeah, is joint the queen ventures. of joint ventures yeah
0: you get extra bonus points for that actually so uh <laughs> good job on that so yeah so joint ventures and and uh I mean, you know, everything that you're talking about is getting out and mixing it up with people and or getting online and mixing it up with them. But basically, you don't seem to be of a mind to lone wolf it too much. And that's probably been pretty important for you, right?
1: That's extremely important. And when I was trying to lone wolf it, way, way back on my first several <laughs> businesses because I've been a serial entrepreneur, I I was not very successful. There's only one of me, and I could only do so much, and I burnt myself out. And now that I really leverage my time, now that I, I seek the resources that I need to support me, so that I can have my business grow and be viable, has has been like night and day.
0: Yeah. Tell me more about your business now that we've gotten a little bit of that background. Tell me, uh, you know, what do you like to do in your business the most? What's your favorite thing um, that you're working on? When you work with clients, maybe give us a little bit of background on what it is to work with you as a client. What would we expect to work uh, with you?
1: The, the thing that really excites me and, and really excites my clients is having them be able to open their mind to what is really holding them back. And a lot of times we have this thing called a money story that we picked up when we were younger, we were kids. We picked up some kind of a belief system or something that we believed to be true about money, but it it didn't serve us and it's not necessarily true. So having those breakthroughs and having those mindset shifts has completely changed my life and has changed the life of my all of my clients. Yeah, and I that, like.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, I like how you uh, when you when you find out that this is the case that everything that you grew up believing about money—it's not really your parents' fault because they were taught that too. It's been a vicious cycle for a long time about what money yes. is and what it does and how you get it and how uh hard it is supposed to be and how you should be proud about how hard it is to make money like it, you had to work really hard i mean we actually have a culture <laughs> that 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 glorifies how hard it should be to make money and if it wasn't hard enough you didn't really earn it and you probably should feel bad about that and about a thousand other lines of i mean you could probably rattle them off for days of yes. of that we've been taught and it's really wild to look back on um, – I, I just look back on my last year uh, of where I made my money, and it is so completely off the map of where I was supposed to make my money. And how I feel about the money that I made was, is completely wrong, given my upbringing and the training that I've had, the programming that I had around money, because I feel really good about the money that was the easiest. And the money that was the easiest came from – a completely different direction than it was ever supposed to according to my parents that that money doesn't come that way to you in life <laughs> and if it does you should feel like a bank robber or something else some other form of guilt because that's not earning it and when I look back I'm like gosh most of the money that I make is completely against the rules that I've been taught about how to make money what, what's it like for you to bring somebody over to that understanding to you know, sort of pull someone out of the matrix, so to speak, for the first time they realize that they've been sort of taking part in living a lie their you know to that point in their lives about money and wealth and attracting it instead of making it or earning it, or whatever the hard word is for
1: money yeah the the first time a client really pulls out of that and they start making money through ease and through grace. And, and like you said, through avenues that they never even thought possible that was so easy that they they honestly would have thought that, oh, my gosh, they're bank robbers. But, I mean, not none of my clients are bank robbers.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: but to to really understand that allowing money to flow and having the money flow into your life, it can be easy, it can be gentle, it can be fun. Yes, you can make money and have fun and and enjoy yourself so that you can spend time with your family. And when you leverage your business and you leverage your mindset so that you have money flowing in when you're not even, quote, unquote, working hard, then you have that epiphany where you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I just made $10,000 this month. Or I just made $50,000 this month. All of a sudden, all of the rules, quote-unquote, that we were taught about, you know, making money has to be hard. But if you're making a huge difference in a person's life, if you're changing their life and you're creating a momentum of movement, there's there should be nothing difficult about that. And... That right there is so precious. It's something nobody could ever take away from you. That, that is what my clients get.
0: Nice. I remember when I got a check for 26 cents from Google AdWords, when Google AdWords first came out, um, or AdSense, Gosh. and I had built a site that we were all trying the same thing. We're like, well, they said if we put these ads on our sidebars of our site, they'll pay us you know just for this is so new that that was a novel thing. Nobody can even imagine today why that would be a big deal because my god it's 2017. And but but at one point in history that was a big deal. That check meant it could have been for $26,000 to me cuz it, it what you just described happened to me when I opened that and I'm like I laughed and I'm like it probably costs more to send. The, yeah, to send this check and to print it off and everything was more than what the check is for. And I would laugh, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, but wait a minute, what I did worked. And all I did was put up a website and some content, and you know, um, I had already figured out how to get search traffic. That was my first book, <laughs> and uh, told the world about it. So I was like, let me take this traffic and convert it into ad revenue. I knew it would work, but something about actually getting that check, opening it, laughing about how it's so little, and it costs more to print it than it did to, than what it's worth, but then it just became like, um, well, just this world of possible. I can't. It's, you can probably describe it better. You've talked so many people through it and felt it yourself and had to describe it a lot more than I have. But it was like uh, not nearly as important as being born. <laughs> but there were, but there, something was born at that moment. Some kind of a big bang happened because so many things that were restrictions and impossibilities in the moment before I opened that became just completely plausible, completely open to me, new possibilities that I couldn't even imagine but could only sense with a really deep feeling of holy cow. If I can make 20 cents, I can, act, I can add a zero to that. I can add two, three, four zeros to that because now it's just the numbers game. I just need to get more traffic. This is representative of the little bit of traffic that I'm getting now and I know how to get more traffic. It just blew my mind wide open you probably have a better way to describe what that is like for people when you take them through that process and they open their first 26-cent check.
1: (laughs) You you described it really pretty well there. But it it is, it's like an epiphany, a mind-boggling shift in your entire confidence. And all of a sudden, the the doors of potentiality open up within you. You start realizing Anything's possible. Miracles and magic now happen in my life. And when you have that vibration, you can feel your your blood rushing through your body. You can feel your heart beating. And, and you can feel that excitement like something wonderful is going to happen today. And And the feeling lasts day after day after day as you move more and more towards those residual incomes, multiple streams of income, and leveraging your business to a, a point where you're just having fun. You don't even work anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. is The thing I said earlier, and I didn't put my usual qualifier with it uh, in terms of earning it, we still earn things in our businesses. I know you do and I do. We earn but we don't feel like we're going through what that definition of earning we grew up with that we'd had to go through to earn something like when i earned something when i was younger uh you know and i didn't have any skills or anything i had to, i just had muscles so i worked at the purina factory uh through college and in high school and you know i could lift things and put things over here and sweep a broom and that was my value in the world at the time and that's what i consider that's what That was always a tied to earning. I got patted on the back when I went home on Fridays with my check, and and my dad was like, you earned that. He knows I worked my butt off. And, and he told the plant owner who he played handball with every week at the Y not to go easy on me, which was a dog whistle for put him through hell. I want him to know what, you know, real work is. And he wanted to teach me, and boy, did they. I got the absolute – and you, I won't even describe what the worst job at a Purina f- – uh, dog food factory is, but it is horrible. And so I got thrown into all of those things. I know what earn means. I, the person who taught me the word earn also taught me all of the definitions he thought that, that word meant. So that's what I say when I slow down and say earn with air quotes that you can't see on a podcast because it's a, it's not the same way, but I feel totally deserving of everything that I'm making now and have made when I can't attach all those definitions to it, I work hard, but I guess, but that's only from someone's perspective on the outside looking in, because they see what I do as work, but I don't. I don't see it that way. I know you're the same way, I'm sure. So it's it's just kind of a weird thing, isn't it? When it all flops over yes. to something different like this?
1: It does. It does seem like a, a kind of a strange thing. At first, you're, you're a little nervous, because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm... I'm making money and i'm I'm like I'm having fun, and I get paid to have fun and, <laughs> and I get paid to be me, which is even more important as an entrepreneur with the authenticity is is getting paid to be you and bringing your wisdom, your skills, and your abilities into the world and in not earmark and, and and i I started out as a gopher for my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go and get stuff when I was nine mm-hmm. and when I moved into um, one of my businesses was healthcare where I was the co-owner of a healthcare facility and, and that that was work working with patients and and having to lift people who are very very heavy and moving bodies and medicines and you, you having always be awake and that yes, yes, I understand how hard it is to, where it can be to really earn the money, and now i I get to really empower individuals to have those mindset shifts and and do what they they enjoy doing, do what they love doing and and how to set up the basic foundations where it's not so stressful,
0: yeah yeah, yeah
2: i,
1: I I think it's
0: probably going to work itself out. Um, you know I know that my kid is, is never going to have the feelings around money and, and uh, earning and you know wealth and things like that that I did. Um, you know and so for his generation forward, they're never going to have this dual world that we've lived in where that, there's a before and an after the Internet for me and You know, a lot of people now don't have a world where there was a before uh, and more and more so all the time. We we have a huge chunk of the population that still remembers the before and everything was radically different. And everybody's date for before and after the Internet is different because you really couldn't do that much on the Internet when I started. You could, you know, you really couldn't. You had to like have people send you checks and then it was hard for us to figure out even then, you know, how do we get – all of this stuff set up. I mean, there's no PayPal. There's no, nobody was giving uh, merchant accounts to onliners at all. That was just a big no-no. Nobody could get one. But it doesn't really matter when you came on. There was a before and an after the Internet. Your, your life is cut literally in two at that moment where you only had so many possibilities before, well understood. You would go to college, and you would get a degree, and you would get a job. And even if you go back early enough, that might be a job you'd keep all your life and get a gold watch. Now you'd have to go back a long time for <laughs> for people to remember that being the case. Now it's like nine or ten job hops in your lifetime is the average. So, but there, you know, what what was it like for you to realize the difference? Like, you know, was the um, the the nurse, was it a nursing home? You said or the uh, assisted living?
1: I, I I worked in home health care, private home health care. Ah. I was a oh, director. Okay. And okay. so I direct it, um, but it it was like night and day, when when I switched over to online, in in having a business, and I remember <laughs> buying a, a an old desktop for a thousand dollars back in the nineties, and that was a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot a of money today back. for a yeah. desktop. <laughs> yeah yeah and and it was it was like night and day when when i the possibilities that opened up with the internet and as the internet has grown to what it is now it's it's just mind boggling to say the least on on what you can what you can do with the internet and how you can make money it it opens the door to so many different possibilities that things that some of the things I teach my clients to opening their mind is, is look up on the internet on Google what are the weirdest jobs that people get paid for online, and and some of the things that people find they just they can't even believe that somebody would pay, get paid a lot of money for doing X Y or Z, and then all of a sudden something shifts something happens and they're like wait a second if they can get paid for um, one of the examples was um, uh, cooking in, in front of, in, cooking and eating in front of a camera, and it was like if, if, if that person get paid for cooking and eating in front of the camera, uh, I could get paid for doing this or doing that, and and now all of a sudden the lines between having to be in person, and, and empowering people from around the world, has completely opened new doors.
0: Yeah. Well, the reason I brought up both of those things, they kind of tie together. We started talking about just taking people out of the matrix around money and wealth and abundance and and having abundance thinking and then what was the before and after internet moment for, you know, for you and me? And and both of those things are really closely related to a point that I I like to try to bring up if I can, especially when people like you are on the show, because I love your answers. <laughs> and uh and they're always different. But when somebody when you've shown somebody, I know it's not always smooth and you've got to do a little more work with some people than you have to do with others. And where I see the work probably having to happen is getting them to believe with their eyes. Getting them to believe after they've done the search. And and the thing is, that was a really big deal. You brought that up and everybody takes the internet for so granted now. And if you've been on it for more than a year, you, you, you rarely talk about exciting things that happen that you don't think are cool anymore. Because who would think, maybe I was just a geek that I got a 26 cent check. Uh, you know. And the excitement of first realizing I could make money online and you know all of that kind of stuff. And you don't want to talk about it anymore. One, because you're on to new, bigger, exciting things. And two, you think maybe not everybody feels the same way about it as you. But you send people out to do weird searches on Google And just by having them do that, the the weird jobs, it opens their eyes to that. But I've watched people's eyes open, and it's kind of like that second eye that an alligator has where it can close it and cover up the pupil but not be blind. It's not its whole lid. Like they're not completely seeing it. And what do you do to get somebody off of that log and into the water (laughs) so that they really – I mean because you can tell when they don't get it. Like, no, really seriously – Limitless possibility. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And you can see that they don't. What do you do in that case? Well,
1: what I really do is is I have them write out and and track what their what are their thoughts. Are what are the, the the actual what's going on in their mind? And normally if they if they start tracking it for a couple of days, all of a sudden they'll they'll bump up against something, they're like, Oh, I didn't even I wasn't even aware of that thought. I didn't even know I was thinking that and then then they they become aware of what's been blocking them. So we start out with what's going on in your mind, what's your thoughts and then we do a mind dump on all of the things that that epiphany leads to and that's where they start data mining with their mind, with what's inside their head for Finding out what's really blocking them, and that's when the 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 eyes completely open more, is finding out where they're starting from.
0: Yeah, kind of giving them their bearings, right? You just kind of plop them in the middle of an ocean of new things, ideas, possibilities, and maybe they're just still getting their sea legs. You got to kind of help them right at that moment so they don't just sink. I would imagine, right?
2: Yes.
1: Yes, well, I take them through a process before we get to searching on the line. It's it's a three-step process. And first we find out where you're at. Then we find out what's holding you back. And then we start opening up the doors to possibilities. And as as we go through the process, which flows normally pretty seamless, some people have some challenges, but then they they start... The door starts getting wider and wider, and the light starts coming in more and more as they mm. continue to move forward.
0: Yeah, well, let's switch a little bit to people who are predominantly our listeners already have businesses. They're already working on something. Um, that, you know, some of them are successful and sold a company and starting a new one starting something new within their business, like maybe they're going to support it now with a book that they've always wanted to write to help them get bigger gigs and more leads and things like that. Um, Tell me about how you would work with a business who has pretty much done everything they were taught to do. They've bought some courses. They've got some training. They've had some consulting, um, and they're doing everything in their business that is generally – uh, uh, taught by exceptional people who become consultants and have courses and books that you know they've been there, done that. And but that's really where they're at right now. How do you get somebody to realize that at some point this is really your business? And you've done all of these things. You've done all the. You checked off all the things on the list. You've taken so and so's course and you've done that. You've built your landing pages. You, um, you know, Lucy said build your systems. I got that done. You've done everything that everybody's told you you need to do. But you know that it's important to be creative in your business and to take stock because that's where the Branson-style stuff starts coming in, where somebody takes a, what has been done, what, is, what generally is happening with everybody else when they're starting their businesses across all different industries, and, and turns it into something else, something beautiful that's completely now got their mark on it, their stamp. It's their thing. How do you get people from from one to the other in that instance?
1: So one of the main things that I do is I take them through a, a, a short process. And the first thing that I do is I have them write down what are your challenges, what are you struggling with. And when you write down your challenges and struggles, then you create and define your biggest talents, things that you've always dreamt about. I wish I could make money if... And really going into the field of dreams, which is creating a partnership with the field of dreams, and then from there identifying what you really want to bring into the world, and you know writing that down. I I use the great big uh, Post-it note things that you use for seminars. I put those on my Mm -hmm. walls and I write down what am I meant to bring into the world this month. And that shift for my clients, when they start really focusing on what am I meant to bring into the world this month, this year, whatever they're working on, that creates subtle shifts in their business. Even though they have all of their systems in place and they have everything going for them and they've bought and sold and they've done all this, this is when they can start playing because they know how to make money now. Mm. But yeah. now they can be inspired on what they want to bring into the world because they've already taught their mind that I know I can always go and do, I can always go act, do acts, make money to fund my inspiration so that you're in spirit. That yeah makes
0: sense. you have a really fun job you really do i i 've had some experience with uh you know, you know i 've touched upon it with the client work that i do it 's totally different than the the exact client work that you do, but i 've had those moments and I know some of the things you you must have in spades, just all these different memories of working with clients. you get to ask these really cool questions that nobody ever gets asked in any other way in any other situation, most of the time nobody you're not paying anyone to ask you the really big fun questions you know where you can let go at the edge of the pool because you know how to swim now go go let go you're the one who gets people to let go how fun must that be tell me
1: oh my gosh it's it, it it brings fire to my veins it makes me feel so excited when when somebody's ready to let go of the shore and then instead of Usually, when they first let go of the shore, they're they're expecting this this hurricane to come through their life. But then they decide, they discover that everything starts to flow, and there is yeah. there's really no words about how that flow is. And and when my clients are in flow, I'm also in flow, and so it it's like going meandering down this beautiful experience called life and to feel the ecstasy of of the breath of when you first wake up on a cool crisp morning to feel the soft taste of the tea and, or the coffee or whatever you, you drink in the morning and, and and to just have that sensation that I have a deep sense of inner peace knowing that all is well and I can have fun
0: Nice. I knew you had it in you. I knew that was there. I just had to get it out. <laughs> That's, uh, but that <laughs> was exactly you. what I was looking for. I mean, I know I know that you've had those experiences your own yourself. You know, how can you teach what you don't know? And and to, to and then what inspired you to go into helping other people do that? Is it amazing sometimes with all of the spiritual leaders and religions and. I mean, just all the stuff you're exposed to, no matter where you're born, growing up, your culture has some sort of a, you know, every culture has some kind of spiritual leader, a town, a a village, uh, you know, and we're we're into mystical things from the very, very beginning, just because it's such a trip that we're even born in the first place, and what the heck is life? You know, every single human culture from the beginning has asked these questions, And it's just amazing, it's amazing that you and I should be employed to do what we do, given that shouldn't everybody (laughs) get this stuff, like thinking big and being creative, and, you know, I hate to say outside the box, but I haven't come up with anything better than that today, but there's so many people that are in boxes when they come to us. Why do you think that is? With, With the... You know, even before the internet, that was amazing. But when the internet came around and people started being able to go on YouTube and do funny searches on Google about the crazy jobs and stuff, shouldn't we be out of work? Shouldn't we not have as many clients as we do?
1: Uh, you would think that, but individuals—they, a, a lot of times, it's how they grow up—is also what puts them in the situation where they need leaders like us. And I personally was put in that box where where I'm from, and hopefully I won't get too many chuckles. I technically should have been barefoot and pregnant. That was the lot that I should have had. College was never really spoken about, except that's for the rich people.
2: Good and, God, are you
1: but Indiana? you have to have an education in order to, to have a career. But really, a career was... You get done with high school and you take the best job that you can get and you hope for the best. So that, that, was, that was what I, I had when I, when I was growing up. But for me, there was something inside of me that that, that wasn't good enough. I wanted no. to have a real career. I wanted to have a real life. And I moved out as soon as I was graduated from high school. But
0: that's really uh, kind of not that's something I know. That's the thing is what you you were given no real societal cultural clues or cues around you. Everybody around you was, you know, doing the barefoot pregnant job out of high school thing. Where did you get mm-hmm. the idea? that you could do anything different. Nobody was telling you you could. It wasn't, hey, you can either do this or you can do that. Now you choose. I bet you nobody was waving a great big sign like that when you finally did feel the need to make the choice. You're on your own.
1: Yeah. I, I, I The only thing I can come up with is my soul took over my mind, my training, my mindset training when I was younger, or... I seen something on TV that just dazzled me so much that I knew that something else was possible. Not quite sure which one it was because I was quite young, you know, being growing up in that that era. And really just being overtly curious, always looking for answers and and always questioning things to to the point where I've had teachers tell me I ask too many questions. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what a terrible thing for a teacher to <laughs> say, <Yeah.
2: laughs>
0: of all people. Yeah, but I mean, I I think that's I've always followed that uh, that story around because I don't know what I I didn't get any cues either. I I, I got negative cues. I got you know none of us went to college, so it, it, to imply that who are you to change that up? I'm doing fine. I'm working for a hardware company. You can come and get a job in my company. Uh, you know, because I work there, so you already have it easier than I did, you know, why the heck would you want to go spend a bunch of money on school? And I didn't even know. Like, how much of that decision that you made when you made it was just on a hunch that there was just something, but you didn't, like, have a clear crystal picture of exactly what that something was. You just knew more about what you didn't want than what you did want, and you went in the direction of did want anyway. Is that a fair description? Yes.
1: That's a that completely weird? fair description, yes.
0: So there are most, and, and, and everybody else went on to maybe, you know, they're on billboards in your hometown. If they, if they succeeded at that level, they probably would sell real estate. Or, you know, I mean, we all came back to our hometowns and, and saw our high school friends uh, on the billboards for real estate and all the other cliche things. It, and to me, all that did was affirm that I made the right choice, even though I didn't even know what the choice exactly was that I was making. I just knew I needed to get into college. And I just because I needed to be op, open to see – I mean, it was the closest thing I could do to see in some other part of the world than what I was completely submersed in from birth to that point. But it still fascinates me how people like you m- make those decisions – amidst, I mean, with everything kind of seemingly going against you. So all your all your friends saw the same TV shows you did. Why didn't they react the way you did? Why did you react differently? That's my big, you know, I don't know that there's an answer to that, but <laughs> that's always been my big question, why some people really go for it and other people don't even see that there's something to go for.
1: I, You know, for me, in, I did actually try to go for the real estate degree in yeah. my hometown and um I was told by the one of the brokers at the main agency is that I was too young to sell real estate and Ugh. so I was probably better off not even trying but I didn't believe her and um I I did go for my real estate degree, I paid all this money, I drove all the way to Marquette because I'm from Upper Michigan, so it was like 124 miles just to go take the nearest test (laughs) to get a real estate license. Then we had Black Monday, and was it October 1987 is when we had Black Mm -hmm. Monday, and all of the real estate just started going down from there. So there wasn't they weren't even hiring anymore by the time I I did that. So that's when I decided, well, this town's too small <laughs> And I moved to a big city. <laughs> and um, that was hundred and fifty thousand people was the big city because I my town's like ten thousand people today.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I think it was maybe six or seven thousand when I was growing up. And you know, really going for that. And for college, I didn't, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to my finishing school until my thirties because I didn't have the money when I was younger, and I yeah. didn't get the grants or anything for for school. So I didn't believe in debt at that time either. So I, I, um, I did things a little bit differently.
0: Well, and here we are today. So <laughs> you're happy with yes. everything. that I mean, like, what would you say about your journey? Even though there were some things, there were some people who told you you couldn't do stuff and there were things along the way you wish you could probably have done something uh, if it wasn't for that debt thing with school sooner and, and probably a trillion other things like everybody else's life. But how do you feel today about how, how necessary maybe? That you thought that all of the that, that journey had to be that way, you had to go in that direction to come where you to arrive at where you are today
1: i I wouldn't change a thing honestly, because even every setback, every person who told me I couldn't gave me the the tenacity, which i'm pronouncing wrong to to say yes, I can. If you tell me I can't, I will prove to you that I can. And, and yeah. all of those things really helped me develop to the person I am. And today I can honestly say I am completely on track with my soul purpose. If you believe in soul purposes, I'm completely on track of where I desire to be and where I'm choosing to go. And I'm allowing the process to unfold as I'm stepping gracefully into my own and into the process and the flow so even though it's been difficult and there's times that i was on my knees and i could not get up because i was crying so hard so hard Mm. that i would never give up a moment because that gave me the strength and the endurance that i can hold the light for for my clients when they're going through their darkest hours i've been there and Not only have I been there, I've made it through it, and I can help you too.
0: Well, let's move on to another segment of our listenership who might be somewhere around where you are with your business. Um, They get up in the morning and they enjoy the taste of their coffee or tea a little bit more than the average person. They understand. They feel peaceful. they, They feel good. They're at a point in their business, but the curse of people like us is that While in high school we might have imagined, man, if I just had a job that, you know, did, we wouldn't even have been able to imagine this big, but, you know, did something like what we've achieved so far, we would be set, and I wouldn't think about, you know, doing anything else. But the curse of that is that you always want to keep going, and you alluded to the fact that you're looking down the road. And as someone who's opened up those notebooks to write out your big dreams, your big goals, share some of that with us now What's that look like for you? Because, like I mean, you're the master of that exercise. You put everybody you meet through that exercise. What does it look like when you do it? And what do you, what's in your future?
2: So
1: my future is, is creating a movement and empowering. I, I, currently, I can see 100,000 women entrepreneurs becoming multimillionaires and each and every one of us, we are finding solutions for this, the, 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 the situations that we have here on, on this world where the charities and the other programs, they're not working anymore. And we are collaborative. We're working together in unison and not necessarily on the same project or the same thing, but it's like a symphony. And all of these women who are making this money, we are never leaving children hungry on the street. We are respecting and honoring other people. And as we're moving forward, we're bringing forth this balance, this inner peace. And as we create this inner peace within ourselves, it creates a ripple effect into the world. And there's a little less violence, and there's a little less hunger, and there's a little less frustration that's my my vision that's pulling me forward where before i was trying to create it and now it's getting bigger and bigger and it's 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 now like a tractor beam to me
0: yeah it's now starting to pull you you were kind of pushing it and now it's pulling you and yeah and it's, it gets kind of scary at some points doesn't it it's like man i'm glad i I really want to do this because I don't think there's any choice now. I mean, it's just got a life of its own, and it's it's going forward. But yet, you have to remember when you ask for things. And sometimes I think we forget when – we forget how specific we might have been with the universe or prayers or whatever, however you want to characterize it, uh, the things that we ask for. And, and yeah. you know, when you just might get them, <laughs> you better be ready for the ride. And, and sometimes I wake up and go, wow, I forgot I asked for this, but I did. And so uh, and today might be a little bit of a challenge all over, you know, all, all things told. This is part of that whole process I asked for so long ago. And I'm so grateful and thankful that, that I am waking up today with a lot on my plate, because this is all passion work in the first place. And yep, I totally get that. Sometimes it's a little surprising though, like if you feel any resistance and you're in the middle of a river with a raging current, And it's a river you built. You filled it with that water. (laughs) And you forget that that's the journey you set yourself out on. Sometimes you start
2: flailing about like, ah,
0: it's just too fast. I can't handle it. What happens? Is that even a problem? Do, Do clients of yours come back to you and go, dude, this is too, I can't handle this. How many I can't handle it calls do you get after you open somebody up?
1: Um, a lot <laughs> but but that's when we take a breath and we we look at automate, delegate, delete <laughs> yeah In your business start start automating the things that you can't handle, start delegating the things that you really don't have to do anymore, and then start deleting the things that are just not working or even if they are working but you need to open and make a space that's greater for your greatest potential than delete it. And sometimes I have clients, they delete really profitable, good programs. They've done them for years and years. And they've done a lot of soul searching before they did this. So I'm not suggesting to anybody out there just make a a big decision. But after doing soul searching they they decided to stop providing a service or stop providing something to individuals that they were doing that was really making them a lot of money but it wasn't their genius zone it was their excellent zone but it wasn't their genius zone and that opens the floodgates for for really having their greatest potential in their greatest good to start happening and that's when their blessing powers start to magnify tenfold
0: yeah that's a scary jump though especially when you describe mm. you know one of the things that they're giving up or thinking about giving up and they can't even believe they're thinking about giving it up because they go back to their childhood and if they came from an average upbringing you know just for the household at that time to look at that amount of money and say "No, nah, we're not taking it would be a sin against everything else they picture their mom scolding them and their dad yelling at them and you know, all of that stuff, all that programming comes back. So it's the hardest thing in the world to do in that context for people who are really still tied. They've been opened up, and they're open to all the new possibilities, but they still see that, I can't give this up, Five or ten or $20,000 a month or whatever it might be. How hard is that for people on average in your experience as you're coaching them through that?
1: Normally when they have the vision that's greater, than themselves it's not that hard and it's just mm. to allow the vision to start taking them down that river rather than allowing their old life what they've built before what they thought they wanted they, they can always go back to it in the future if they would like to and having having that little safety net where they can always go back if, if they wanted to makes them feel more confident and knowing oh, it's like, yeah, that's right. I can I can just put it on pause for now. So we, we start slowly. We put it on pause a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, as you're starting to really flow and fulfill what your your greatness is, as I call it. And normally... Well, I, I would say all the time, actually. I can't think of any time that there hasn't been. But all of the time, their greatness starts to take over, and that becomes so much more important that that few moments of, <gasps> I'm giving this money up, all of a sudden starts evaporating.
0: Yeah, that's kind of got to have to be there, huh? <laughs> Otherwise, it really yes. almost makes the choice impossible. Well, there really isn't a choice, is there? This is, if that's not present. Yeah. Well, so how do you like to meet new people? I know you come on the radio show and you're totally altruistic, uh, like everybody is who comes on your show, and they don't want anything back at all. But if we could give you a gift of turning people's attention to someplace, to get started with you, to get within your sphere of influence, where would you want to send them? Do you have any goodies or anything that they can explore in, in working with you or learning more about you?
1: I- Yes, I um I have this this phenomenal, fun project. It's a little wealth pouch kit. It's for the bohemians out there. Now, if you're not sure if you're a bohemian, oh, yeah. this is something to check out because it'll tap into your creativity so that you can create miracles and magic. And if you're interested in a little miracle, a little magic in your life, you can go to wealthpouch.com. That's W E A L T H Pouch, P O U C H dot com, dot com. You can get started with starting your Bohemian Money Kit.
0: I am intrigued. Why is it called a Bohemian Money Kit?
1: Because it's Bohemians are known for their artistic abilities and for their abilities to do alchemy. And each and every one of us has this ability. We have the ability to do alchemy, but we don't know how. So I tell you a little bit about the history of the Bohemians, their artistic, their lifestyle. They, they're in love with life. They're in love with inspiration. And so as you create this Bohemian Wealth pouch you're able to tap into ancient wisdom and centuries of these artistic, creative individuals bringing forth life, i.e. their projects, their inspiration, their gifts into the world. And it seems really, really simple. And I have a lady that, um, her name is Grace, and she did give me permission to specify this she signed up for this. She started using it. She had an event that she planned with another lady. She was doing it for somebody else they- agreed. they had, She specified this is how much I would like to receive and then through working through the wealth pouch, she did the event, and the lady paid her three times the amount of money they agreed upon. Wow, wow, nice that. Well, yeah. there you go,
0: guys. Uh, wealthpouch.com. Go get your free gift from Lucy. And Lucy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really, really had a great time. I hope you did too. And Gina, back to you.
2: Well, thank you so much, Jack and Lucy. Awesome show, guys. And we will be back next week, same time, same place. Have a fantastic week, everybody.
0: Bye bye.